It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook, where we post all of our content. Find us on Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you can find podcasts. And you can always hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. And don't worry, we will be getting to a lot of your comments from the fan hotline today as the Packers fall in a heartbreaker, an absolute gut punch heartbreak loss for the Green Bay Packers 29-27 to against the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday afternoon in primetime America's game of the week. And we what makes this loss so frustrating for Packers fans, and, and I, I posited that I thought this was the toughest loss the Packers have suffered given the stakes and the circumstances since 2014, since that NFC Championship game. And in fact, I looked a little bit deeper, and what I saw was a very similar football game. Aaron Rodgers goes on the road, and obviously the whole Packers team comes with him. Big underdogs go to play the best team in football in a huge game. They're they're the biggest underdogs of Aaron Rodgers' career, and the Packers play well early. They get some points. The defense plays well. There is a goal line decision by Mike McCarthy that flips the script on the game. You have special teams gaffes. And ultimately, the Packers lose the game without Aaron Rodgers ever getting a chance to win it. And that, of course, is because with just over two minutes left in the fourth quarter and the the Rams up two, so a field goal wins it. The Rams kick it deep. Ty Montgomery takes the ball out from about two or three yards deep in his own end zone. The call we find out after the fact from Mike McCarthy was to kneel. So there was a lot. I got a lot of tweets, a lot of discussion on Twitter. How is this team not coached better? How do they not know to take a knee? They did. Okay. Ty Montgomery went rogue. And I said something on Twitter that that made a lot of fans upset and, and some media people upset. I said, I I don't fault. Well, and and let me rephrase what I tweeted. What I said was, I don't blame Ty Montgomery for trying to make a play there. That's not to say it was the right choice. It wasn't. Clearly, the right choice was to do what everyone expected him to do, and that was take a knee. Now, my thing has always been, I want my players to play smart, but I also want them to play aggressive. And therefore, aggressive mistakes are more acceptable to me than simple focus mistakes or other kinds of mistakes. 
if he just holds on to the ball and the Packers have the ball at whatever, the 15-yard line, 18-yard line, it's a bad decision to take the ball out, but it's the difference of seven yards, and that's one play for the Packers. Now, they only had one timeout, but remember, this was a team that that moved down the field in under a minute against the Vikings defense and got in position for Mason Crosby to win that game outright. And they did it, and Mason Crosby missed the kick. If he just kneels, Aaron Rodgers gets a chance with the ball. He's been playing well all game, averaging over nine yards an attempt. They can't cover Devontae Adams, even with Marcus Peters. And you would just you just had the feeling Green Bay was going to go down and win the game. I mean, that I, I had complete confidence that that was going to be what had happened. Rodgers has done it enough times. He's done it twice this season already. And you, you just felt like that's gonna that was going to be how it played out. And the fact that Ty Montgomery fumbled to not even give the team the opportunity to do that is heartbreaking. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a little bit of time here letting you, the fans, get out some of your frustration. So here here are a couple of the texts. I and I got a lot of texts. This is the most messages I think I've gotten after a game. Uh, this season. And, and I, I just, I want to add, I do think that's interesting because there's, there's not really, there's one big coaching decision to complain about, but by and large, the Packers acquitted themselves extremely well in this game. They should have won. Las Vegas thought this was going to be a blowout. A lot of pundits and fans thought this was going to be a blowout because the Packers defense was not going to play well enough. And they did. And that's in some ways what makes this more frustrating. We're going to get to a little bit more big picture stuff later. Let's get the catharsis going right now. From Sean Dean, Illinois, can we please just trade Ty Montgomery for a draft pick? Corey from Minnesota, do you think the Packers can get a seventh round pick for Ty Montgomery? That whole kick return decision was on the Bostic level. Another 2014 parallel. Charlie from Denver says, garbage, terrible coaching at the end, no reason to take it out, not out of the playoff race, but come on, offense needs touchdowns, not field goals. It's not about getting the one seed anymore. It's all about winning the division. We can beat the Rams if it means an extra week in the playoffs or the Super Bowl. By the way, the the Vikings got the brakes beat off them by the Saints at home on Sunday night, uh, and I still think the Packers are the best team in the division. So they're, they're still just a half game out. Of first place. And so, do you expect them to beat the Patriots next week? Probably not. But, even if these other team wins, they're a game and a half out. They play the Lions, Bears, and Vikings all before season's end. So, there is a lot to be said in this division race. And Green Bay can still very much win their division, have a home playoff game. And they showed today. They are good enough to beat the LA Rams, who are, we think, the best team in football. Let's get a couple of these voicemails in right quick. Peter, you probably have about 5,000 of these uh, messages in your inbox right now, but uh, what value does Ty Montgomery have and how quickly can we bring Trevor Davis off the uh, IR back to the team? From the punt return standpoint and the kick return standpoint, our team has been awful. Williams needs to catch a ball outside the 10 and at the 10 versus let it go to the 1. And... Montgomery obviously just cost us a chance at the game there. Uh, I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. And this is uh, Mitch from Minnesota. All right, and one more. Hey, Peter. What's happening? This is Brandon Cobalt from Oxford, Alabama. Just calling to say when 
the previous kickoff, Tom Montgomery lets the ball fly behind him, doesn't even make an attempt to catch him down the ball, yet receives it three yards deep in the end zone and runs it out. Is that not a reflection of the coaching staff letting him know what the game plan is, what should always be? We have the best quarterback in the league. Let's give him the best opportunity to go and score some points for us. Thank you. As always, go back, go. So your feelings on this are clear. People are mad at Ty Montgomery. What is the future of Ty Montgomery on this team? I don't know. And I think it's worth questioning. It's worth wondering with the trade deadline looming, is this the kind of thing that the Packers go, do try and just get a conditional pick for? Um, obviously, he's not a player on this team that has a real position. Aaron Jones is clearly the best running back. They really like the the reliability of Jamal Williams. I'm fine if they want to do like an Eddie Lacy, James Starks type split where you're going to give 65, 70% of the carries to Aaron Jones and let Jamal Williams on 30%, especially, you know, third downs, third and longs for protection, those kinds of things. Happy to have that. I do think having Ty Montgomery, who is theoretically a useful player, I think he would be better on a team that had fewer weapons because Green Bay, between Jones and Devontae Adams, and some of these rookies, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who we'll get to in, in the second block of the show, I, I think he would just be in a better position somewhere else to succeed. I mentioned the, the biggest underdog that Aaron Rodgers has ever been. By the way, the three biggest spreads he's ever faced. Uh, that, that Seattle game was one of them at uh, Arizona in the playoffs. The biggest regular season spread he ever faced was six, and this one... Um, including this one, if you take those top four, he's covered all of them. And I told you he would. I told you he would. And if you would have listened to me and bet at my bookie, you could have won big. I've told you about my bookie before. I'll tell you about them again because they're reliable. You can trust them, which is important with online gambling sites. They've been in business for years, have great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. They have live in-game betting, over-unders for fantasy players, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And right now, they'll give you a dollar-for-dollar deposit bonus for any deposit over $100 up to $1,000. That's free money. So what are you waiting for? But if you wait just a little bit, in fact, if you wait until after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 on that deposit over $100 when you use the promo code Locked on 25. That's locked on 25. If you make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, if you're going to make a deposit anyway, do it after 7 and get the 25 free dollars plus the dollar for dollar deposit bonus. That's my bookie with the promo code locked on 25 because at my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. 
The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Now we got the catharsis out in the A block. And we got that out of our system, hopefully. And and I do want fans to keep this in perspective. Because these are building blocks. These are stepping stones. And you don't have to be playing your best football in late October if you're playing your best football in December. And, and let me just make the case for this team right now because of two players in particular. All right, we know Devontae Adams is a superstar receiver. We know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. We know Kenny Clark, another monster game for Kenny Clark. What we saw in this game, even when Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison are healthy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the rookie, that production is real. That speed is real. He had the 40-yard go-route, go-ahead touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. He can create in this offense. Equinemius St. Brown, two catches, 31 yards, and two targets. He continues to be someone Aaron Rodgers looks to when he's on the field. That production from those rookies portends well for this offense moving forward because Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison were clearly on a, on a snap count. They were clearly part of a rotation. And the more that that can happen, the fresher these guys can be for the end of games and for the end of the season. And that means they have more juice in those legs, fresh legs, especially for MVS, for Allison, for EQ, for the end of the season when they can create down the field. And then on the other side of the ball, this is the best game that Blake Martinez has ever had as a Green Bay Packer. A, a much-needed bounce-back performance from him. But the player that I think I just, I can't say enough about what he did, Jair Alexander, is going to be a star. Five passes defensed in this game. And that might even be a low number. That's what he got credit for. I mean, he ran step for step with Brandon Cooks all day. Didn't allow anything over the top. There was the great sideline catch where he had to come back to the ball. The catch, was that was the one at the end of the first half, immediately ruled and initially ruled before replay an incomplete. Jair Alexander ran that route step for step with Brandon Cooks. I, I made a joke during the game. That they, might have well, they might as well put a, a blue number 12 jersey on Jair because he was everywhere Brandon Cooks was. And so to have that kind of speed and playmaking and ball skills in the secondary is just not something this team has had really since like prime Tremont Williams and Sam Shields were patrolling that backfield with Charles Woodson. That was what Sam Shields brought to that Super Bowl team. 
that 2010 team, that juice, that playmaking, those ball skills, and having him not in there absolutely affected a game like the Lions when you have to put Josh Jackson in the slot and you've got athletic, fast receivers that you've got to go out there and play against. Those guys are rookies. But as the season goes, by Thanksgiving, they're not rookies. And really by now, they're not rookies anymore. They are they are legitimate contributors. If Jair Alexander stays healthy, this guy, I'm telling you, is a star. He can be as good as he wants to be if he can stay on the field. He had some injury problems that last year at Louisville, but was was not having those issues the year before. This is, I don't think, a case of a guy who's injury prone. But when you look at Kevin King... Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, and Bashad Breeland, I just don't think is ready yet to play in this defense or otherwise. You look at a, a secondary that is absolutely loaded, and we may be approaching a time when Tremont Williams is put out to pasture. Not as a corner or as a as a not as a player in this defense, but as a cornerback. And that dovetails into what I want to touch on before we get to our, our second break, and that is there were these rumors flying, and, and not rumors, but there were reports on Sunday that the Packers were looking to trade HaHa Clinton Dix and that they were looking to get pass rush help. And we're going we're gonna to talk more about this as the week goes on, but if they do that, if they make that trade, and they don't have a lot of time left before the end of the trade deadline to do that, the deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m., but there are players available. Green Bay wants pass rush help, and... Tremont Williams could be the kind of player that Green Bay moves to free safety. There were some snaps in this game where Kentrell Bryce wasn't out there. Jermaine Whitehead was playing that strong safety position. I don't think that's necessarily a bad option. They're not extremely comfortable with Oren Burks out there right now. They'd rather have Jermaine Whitehead. And for most of the game, the game plan of play with a light box, play with light personnel and stop the run worked. And then the Rams got to play with a little bit more balance. They were they started hitting some passes. They started getting open guys. They started using Gurley as a receiver. And that loosened things up for them uh, in the running game with Gurley. Now, not every team, in fact, no other team has a running back like Gurley. So the defense is not going to have to deal with those kinds of things. But the point that I want to make here is we could be looking at a situation where it no longer makes sense for Tremont because he's not one of the three or four best corners on this team, to play corner. And if they're realizing that, then moving Clinton Dix and and then having Tremont Williams transition to free safety is not a bad option. I also don't think it's a bad option for Josh Jackson to move to free safety. It would be a way to get him on the field. And I, we, we talked to Chris Trapasso, who covers the NFL draft for CBS Sports, earlier in the year, and I said, what do you think about moving Josh Jackson to safety? And he said, I think it's a great idea. It's where you utilize his skills. He's a great zone corner. He's great with his ball skills. He's great reading quarterbacks. Playing the deep middle is ideal for him. He's not a great man-to-man corner, and they want to play a lot of man concepts with Mike Patton. So when you have Breland, King, and Jair, maybe the move is to have Josh Jackson get back there and play safety. I think they have some options if they want to make this trade work. But the development of Alexander and the development of the rookie receivers puts Green Bay in a position to continue to improve 
and in a position to succeed this year, next year. They have a foundation now of young players, of core veterans, and the best quarterback in the game. They're in the best position they've been, I think, since 2014 to really do something. They are, I think, one pass rusher away, and we've seen what the blitz package from Mike Pettin can do for them. But if they could have one edge guy who could really, you you just have to account for him consistently. And Clay Matthews played decently in this game. They got some pressure on Jared Goff from a lot of schemed looks. But if they had one guy on the outside who could just get home by himself more consistently, I think this defense would be a lot better and this team would be a lot better. But right now, you look around the NFC, you have to like their chances. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about Loki. You saw the Packers players wearing them on their wrists. They actually have an agreement with the NFL. The players are wearing Loki bracelets. And if you want to add a little game day swagger to your collection, you can do that with Loki. And the thing about Loki that I really like is it's not just about showing your team spirit. It's about balance. What do I mean by that? Well, Loki has water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. And it's a daily reminder to keep balance in your life between the highs and the lows. I love the look. I love the message. I love everything about them. I've been wearing them consistently on game day Sundays, especially this season. And you could too, because Loki are friends of the show now. And they're offering other friends of the show, aka you, the listeners, a special discount. 25% off all game day collection bracelets when you use the promo code PACKERS25. There are counterfeit bracelets online. Forget that. Get the cheapest price, the best price for the authentic article, the real thing, at loci.com and use the promo code PACKERS25 to take advantage. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I want to play this this voicemail. Hello, Peter. What's happening? From David in New York City. Hey, Peter. This is David in New York City. This game reinforces a fear I've had that we're not going to win. We're not going to be a Super Bowl dynasty, and we're not going to win another Super Bowl championship. This offense has sputtered and broken down off and on since 2015, since the NFC title game. And so for me, this game just gave me a little bit of hope. So I brought my hope up that we might see return to greatness to my beloved Green Bay Packers, and all it does is just paint everything black. Thanks. I understand this instinct at fatalism. I don't share it, but I understand it. 
And what what I don't understand is why so many fans insist on choosing to live there. Why are you choosing the fatalistic viewpoint? There are a lot of fans who feel that way. Oh, well, the Packers have already wasted, blah, blah, blah. If you took the fatalistic viewpoint in 2010, you got burned because the Packers... Right up until the 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 gun sounded in the Super Bowl. I mean, with notwithstanding, you know, two and a half quarters in Atlanta and and two and a half quarters in the Super Bowl, the Packers in 2010 never looked like a Super Bowl team. Maybe that Giants game in Week 16. This team, look around the NFC. They just proved that they can go toe to toe and hang with the best team in the football on the road. They just proved it. Now, coming off the bye, you can say that that gave them a little bit of help. Sure it did. But it also meant incorporating a lot of players who hadn't been playing, who were hurt. The Rams were rolling. Now, they didn't have Cooper Cup, of course. But Green Bay should have won this game. And Aaron Rodgers said after the game, they didn't need this game to prove to themselves that they could could beat anyone. They knew that. They just have to go do it. But look around the NFC. How many games... Against who? After what you've seen today, would you go into a game thinking the Packers can't beat that team? Because it was the Rams. And they just almost beat that team, should have beat that team. The Saints? You make a case for the Saints. But through a half at home with Brett Hundley last year, pretty much the same Saints team against a much inferior Packers team. And and they had that game. They were winning that game. Now that was at home. In the rain, Drew Brees is a different guy at home. But if you don't think Aaron Rodgers can go into into a dome and win a playoff game, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Do the Vikings scare you? Do the Bears scare you? Do the Eagles? I mean, I've been I've been told for weeks the Packers would have things would have gone differently against Washington. Washington, they they needed some outstanding ineptitude from the Giants to beat the Giants yesterday. I don't know how that team can be scary. Okay, you don't want to go to Seattle in the playoffs. That's a house of horrors for Green Bay, to be sure. But if you win this division, which Green Bay can absolutely still do, Seahawks are coming to Lambeau. So that is the opportunity that this team has still out in front of it. Lose next week to the Patriots. It's still just 3-4-1. Still. And only probably at most a game and a half out of first place in the division. Beat the Dolphins at home. Now you're back to 500. Well, at least whatever 4-4-1 four, four, is in uh, numeric value. And then you have a chance to go beat teams that you're fighting for playoff spots with. So go do it. The season is still out in front of the Packers. And this game yesterday proves they can be as good as any team in the NFC, as good as any team in football. They're just not quite where they need to be, but they can get better. They've shown that. They've got, this was better than they've shown. So why can they get better? Because they've got a, a lot of young players playing key roles and they can get better. But they proved on Sunday, the stage is not too big for them. All right, we'll be back tomorrow and it is time to focus on the New England Patriots as as ugly as that is to, to have to realize that after a gut-wrenching, soul-crushing loss. Now you have to go to New England where the Patriots never lose and play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The 
archetype example of a dynastic team in the NFL, the team against whom the Packers are always measured. That is the team Green Bay has to go shake off this tough loss against. Maybe it's the perfect team. Maybe it is the perfect opportunity to go send Tom Brady off into that good night. We'll see if if anyone actually believes that. We'll see if the Patriots make a big trade. They're apparently in the market for a premier number one receiver willing to give up major draft assets to do it. They clearly feel like they need to score more to beat the Chargers and the Chiefs of the world in the AFC. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see what happens with the Packers. They're in the trade market. Dante Fowler could make some sense. Bruce Irvin could make some sense. Jerry Hughes could make some sense. And HaHa Clinton Dix could be on the trading block for the Packers. You can follow me on Twitter for all updates and analysis of what's going on in the league. Peter underscore Bukowski. Same thing with the podcast at Locked on Packers. We tweet out every episode. Remember to follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Leave a rating, a review, whatever it is. And if you want to send a question, if you want to be a part of the show, send that message to the Locked on Packers fan hotline. The number, put it in your phone, save it, keep it ready. 920-341-3775 to let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.